What's going on team? Welcome along to a very special bonus level of Nerds Plus. In lieu of our regular scheduled programming this week, uh, we've got an interview with Jay Ryan, who is the Kiwi Boy, who stars as Ben Hascombe in the upcoming sequel to It Chapter 1, obviously named It Chapter 2, which is the sequel to the biggest horror film of all time. I was extremely excited. Jay was awesome. Let's just get into it. Well, Jay, I mean, obviously, just to start out with, to just say congratulations. I mean, it is amazing that Thank you're you. a lead in yeah. the, the a sequel to the highest grossing and most successful horror franchise on the planet right now. So how does that feel? Uh, it's incredible, man. Um, I've been working a long time to try and get to this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm very humbled by the experience and just glad to be flying the flag for uh, Kiwis in Hollywood again. I mean, obviously you're no stranger to the screen at this point, but it, uh, being in this, with this cast, with, you know, with this franchise, yeah. like, what was it like finding out that you were going to be playing this character? Uh, it was pretty shocking. I, I carved out eight months in L.A. because I've been tied up in TV contracts for so long. And I was like, this is my, my last chance at, at you know, hitting the big time. So I spent eight months doing the rounds. And uh, in the last two days I was in L.A., I got the call for this. I went in and did one one read basically and they're like thank you very much don't call us we'll call you um and then i thought that was it i've blown it i'm I'm coming back home um and see what happens but they called and said they loved it and uh the studio kind of signed off on me eventually and you know the rest is history and what was your first exposure to this story? I mean, because it has traumatized generations at this point. And so would, were you someone that had read the book? You had watched yeah. the original TV series? Or? Yeah, I had read the book. Um, I think, you know, like when you're growing up, I remember the book being on like family members, you know, bookshelves, different covers of that creepy clown. Um, and then I saw the miniseries, which I wasn't, it was just fragments of it in my mind from being younger. Um, so when it came about, you know, I, I definitely had this kind of stain of Stephen King in the back of my mind. Um, but then I read the audio, I listened to the audiobook version um, while I was shooting, and that kind of put me into the world. And tell me about the, the process of getting into character for Ben, because it's interesting, I think, of all the losers in mm. this film, it's set 27 years after the original, the well, mm. first film. And in some ways, he's the character that's gone through the most obvious transformation, right? Yeah, he has a kind of a, a big physical change, um, which I think, you know, it's more in the book, it's about his mother, and she always holds these ties over him. But, uh, you know, once he gets free of his mother and the way that she kind of forces him to eat and um, she says she's going to call the police on him if he doesn't come home for dinner every night, you know, that kind of thing. So he starts, like, emotionally running, from her, from the bullies, um, and also physically as well. So he becomes quite different. You know, in the film you see when the adult Ben arrives, everyone doesn't know who he is. So he, yeah, like you say, he's kind of on the outside the most transformed, but do you think on the inside he's still in some ways the same, or is he completely changed inside as well? I think he's definitely, um, on the inside, he's very similar to that scared little boy. Um, and I took a lot of Jeremy Ray Taylor, who plays young Ben in the first film, I took a lot of his performance because it's very sweet and um, there's a lot of humility. It's a very beautiful performance. So I took a lot of that. Um, but I wanted to keep that sweetness in, in this version of the film um, because it's almost like Ben's been waiting 27 years for this one phone call that they all get from one of the other Losers Club. Um, he's been waiting for that moment because he, he finds it hard to have human connection, Ben. Um, and you know that's part of his trauma of his childhood. So I think once this call comes, he's like, okay, this is my moment. He's very successful now. He's like one of the biggest architects in the world. 
and uh, he seems to have everything, be a perfect guy on the exterior, but on the interior things are, are very different. This has always sort of held him back. He's never had that catharsis and he's never fronted yeah, up. Yeah, there's this an- anxiousness about him that's, that's waiting for this moment to um, kind of uh, get rid of the devils inside. And so it's an interesting... Um as an actor, were you working with Jeremy Ray Taylor? Like, how did you try and maintain that connection between the younger cast and the older cast? Yeah, it was tough. The kids are definitely in this second film as well, and they would come and go, would be on different schedules. But I hung out with them a lot, and I watched his performance, you know, quite a lot. And um, it's funny because the director, Andrew Muschietti, he's a real perfectionist, and he handpicked all of us and made sure that our energies were the same as the kids. And it's funny, we had a, a big dinner all together, sat next to each other, and it really was like our personalities were very bang on um, for all of us across the board. And that's, that's, sorry, that's something that I, struck me watching the film was just how every single, mm. the casting process must have been astonishing because every, even the peripheral characters, even not the Losers Club, right. have aged 27 years so believably. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny, I mean, me and uh, Isaiah Mustafa, who plays Mike, uh, we were the only ones that really auditioned for the role and were kind of picked unknowingly. Um, the rest had been sort of handpicked from actors that were known, you know, that had been paired up. Um, so we're very lucky to get our foot in the door. And I understand that, was it that Andrew Machete had seen a photo of you when you were much younger, kind of played into this? Yeah, yeah um, Andy really wanted to cast me because of the size of the film. Um, the studio were a little apprehensive about this kid from New Zealand. Uh, who is he? And so they asked for a, a, an image of me at the same age as Jeremy Ray, a, a around maybe nine or ten. So I rang my mom and said, dig out those photos. And, uh, you know, I had the puppy love going on, the chubby cheeks. And so once the studio saw the photographs and, and matched them up with Jeremy, they, um, they, they let me sign the contract. And what was it like acting across from Bill Skarsgård? Because he is such a, he brings such an iconic performance mm. to Pennywise the Clown. What really, was it like being over from him? Really unnerving. Like there was, I was one of the first actors to, to shoot a scene with, uh, with Bill in, in chapter two. And there was one point where we were shooting for about 10 hours and I just kind of was just like drawn into his performance because he's so physical. You know, there's spit flying everywhere and each take is very different. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I had to remember, oh, I've got to be in the scene with him too. Um, and he, he kind of drawn into those deep eyes of his. And he is a big guy as it is. He's very tall. But in the, the Pennywise outfit, he's almost 6'6", so he's very imposing. And then he's got the, the head on that comes out here. So, um, yeah, it was pretty full on to, to work with him. But, you know, when they call cut, he would be out and he would be joking around with us. Still in full clown. Still in full clown. <laughs> and because there are a lot of uh, incredible special effects in the film, but uh, there's quite a few practical effects when it comes to Pennywise, right? So when yeah. you're playing across from Bill, he is genuinely in this full... He's, we barely saw Bill as Bill. He would always be in the entity of Pennywise. Um, unless we're at a cast dinner or something like that. Uh, and everything's practical. The director, Andy Muschietti, he loves everything to be old school, how you know, Spielberg would make movies. So you know, we would have these sets with the size of football fields and, and the, the sewers that would go in. They, they would go for you know, hundreds of meters around the studio, so it would actually be in these things. Um, I, we didn't need to use our imagination that much. Were you ever was, scared on set? Uh, yeah, a few times for sure. Um, a lot of the sewers that we were working in were working in the water for weeks and they would place um, random dolls and old toys in the, in the water. 
So you'd be shooting the scene and all of a sudden you'd feel something just brush past your leg and you'd be like, ah! And there'd be so many cameras that they would capture all of these reactions. And so some of that made it into the film, that's just genuine fear? <laughs> genuine fear, yeah. And we touched on it before, but obviously Stephen King's stories have touched so many people across different generations and this is one of the most iconic stories of all time. What is it about Stephen King's stories that makes them so resonant and what do you think makes it so resonant with so many people? Um, well, I mean, Stephen King has had such a span of a career. You know, he, he's captured generations, as you said. Uh, and he has a knack for knowing what people's fears are deep inside, you know, and he kind of spreads them across the board. Um, and there's a real nostalgia to his work that people can um, relate to, I guess. Uh, and I guess when you have that many novels out there, you're going to make an impact on people, you know. And I think that what, I, what strikes me about it particularly is that while it is terrifying and there are these extremely effective horror elements to it it's also in some ways quite a wholesome story it's a story mm -hmm. about love and about friendship totally. and about the power of imagination yeah i mean the director he would always be talking to us you know this is a story about unity about um imagine you, you um came back with your friends from when you were eight or nine you'd hang out with you hadn't seen them for years what would it be like to re reunite and take down an evil power you know, it's about that, that kind of power that we can have if we come back together and, um, and, and, and use our, our wits and everything that's been happening for the last 27 years, you know. And even Bill Skarsgård himself in some ways, uh, it, the character Pennywise, he's childish in his own way. That's something that struck me in this film. Yeah. Is that he in some ways is a child too. He's lonely, he's afraid. Totally. It's funny because the entity of it isn't just this kind of creepy clown. That's the most human-like form that he sticks on because he's trying to almost, you know, um, show his humanity himself, and that's the closest form he has to real and children. But you'll see in this version, in chapter two, you see many different forms of Pennywise this time. Um, but the clown is probably his kindest form. And. What would Pennywise look like to you, Jay, not as Ben? What, if he was going to turn into something to make you afraid, what would he turn into? Donald Trump. <laughs> That's perfect. Awesome, man. Thank you so much, Thank my you, friend. Thank you, dude. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. No.